0: No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code program.
1: This is the all-sports podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy,
2: a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly
3: hosted. Okay, strike that. Our (laughs) show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way.
1: In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy
2: Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search
3: Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode.
1: Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello,
2: everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined by Evan Grant. Say Hello, Evan. Yeah, hello. And David Moore. Hello, Kevin. See, that's a proper,
3: you know, greeting, isn't it? I, I would think yes. Most people do exchange greetings that way, but yeah, that's true. Most adults, anyway.
1: I am an improper human being. Yeah. to that. to the phone, most of the time i've got a lot of issues
2: yes well that goes without saying are we going to get into those or (laughs) no we don't have a couple of (laughs) hours so yeah uh so here's the deal in our new format where we're all working from our for our own homes uh you know we're just we do these pop-up podcasts whenever now we we, we're reacting to the news and the news of the day of course is the fact that the cowboys have been given a one-year four million dollar contract to alden smith the uh, former 49ers and Raiders defensive end who has not played football since 2015. That was five years ago. Yeah, four, lost. four years, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's been a long time. He's 30 years old now. Um, and uh, he's had a little trouble. So I, before we get into all our comments, I wanted just to go ahead and just kind of remind everybody a little bit of his track record here. Uh, arrested in 2012 on suspicion of DUI, stabbed twice at a party at his home where two people were shot. He was uh, eventually charged with three uh, three charges of possession of a legal assault weapon and was later sued. Eventually sentenced to 12 years, 12 days, not 12 years, 12 days in jail. <laughs> in 2013, arrested suspicion a suspicion of DUI after an accident. In 2014, arrested after a bomb threat at LAX after he became angry for being chosen to undergo a second screening by TSA. In 2015, arrested on suspicion of DUI, hit and run, and vandalism. In 2017, under investigation for possible domestic violence. Uh, also, at an event where his uh, or an event a, a, a case where a car in which his girlfriend is driving struck a San Francisco police car. Well, there was some really bad luck, wasn't it? injuring the two policemen in, inside the car he was detained for public intoxication in 2018 police smith, seek smith after he fled the scene of his girlfriend's house where he allegedly bit her wrist and climbed out of a window after drinking two bottles of tequila and then driving home his fiance accused him or i guess that was the fiance and the girlfriend are the same person accused him of beating her up he was arrested on domestic violence charges uh, he also violated uh, a court order by contacting the victim. He pleaded guilty to all charges and was sentenced to 90 days in jail or rehab. In 2019, arrested for a uh, DUI in June. That was last June he was arrested for, for a DUI. In uh, and, and all of that, 2016, a really good year, he wasn't arrested for anything. Uh, so that, that was, was your
3: point? That was your that point was, of
2: going through the uh, that was my the police plotter? Okay. <laughs> yeah, the man hasn't played football in uh, since 2015, but he's been in a lot of trouble since then. So, yeah. so David, what are your thoughts about this?
3: <laughs> well, my thoughts are this fits the Cowboys' template of what they do here, and and you know, I'm I'm struck by and you said four million. I, you know, this is this deal could reach four million if he plays, if he gets a large number of sacks. It's going to be two million that could increase to 4 million if he's anywhere near the player he was uh I wouldn't even say last time we saw him because uh he wasn't the player he was in 2015 from from the uh the dominant force that entered the league um but you know we we've seen the Cowboys do this time and time again and I'm my guess is you have that list at your fingertips as well that we'll go through but 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 what I'm struck here is again there are two separate things I mean um Alden Smith is certainly on a, a, a journey, he hopes brings him back to sobriety. Um, my understanding is he's been sober for nine months now, but as you say, this is nine months out of the last four, four and a half years. Um, and uh, you, you talk about, sec- and he's clearly dealing with mental health issues as well, uh, which I believe he's a- acknowledged in the past. And yeah, everyone deserves second chances and the Cowboys tend to give second chances to very talented, uh, especially defensive players. Um, but why is this? This is because they don't have the continuity of a program in place where they have their own players. Uh, they they usually go for a position of need. And I will argue, uh, let's go back to one of the last high profile ones, which was Greg Hardy uh, several years ago. After the Cowboys signed Greg Hardy, I got a definite sense from the organization that their excitement wasn't just over Greg Hardy, their greater excitement was over, do you see what a good deal we got on this guy? Do you, this, do you see how this contract is structured? It's really, uh, it's really minimal financial risk to us, and the, and the rewards can be huge. We love this contract. It, it's not punitive. Uh, this gives him a second chance, but it's uh so, so it's almost uh, uh an excitement over the concept of getting something for relatively nothing over the fact of, okay, how excited should you be about this specific player, where he is in his career now, and, and what he can add to your team. And and it's and it's a very much a, a risk reward that skews toward uh the, the big reward, and if it doesn't hit, well, What did it really cost you? And when you look at it through that prism, that's why the Cowboys continue to take these chances where other clubs don't because other clubs place their value in other areas as far as team building. Yeah, I
2: think that's a great point uh, that you make about uh, what is Jerry's motivation in doing all this kind of stuff? So, Evan, you go ahead and and speak about this now.
1: Well, I I mean, I think David's point – on this whole deal is it's not just endemic to the Cowboys, but uh, the Cowboys, as you guys have both mentioned, um, this, this does seem to be almost an economic model for them. Um, I think there are other teams and other franchises that have seen certain opportunities here, but for the Cowboys, uh, it's, it's almost like they're a hedge fund. They, uh, they like to, to buy distressed properties and, um, At a very low price, and see what they can they can get out of them. Um, It's disturbing on some levels, uh, but also I think that other clubs, when they see opportunity and when they see uh, the potential for reward there, they are willing to do it. But I I know I've had two experiences with the Rangers in which they've given guys quote unquote second chances, and I'd I'd stay here for a second to say there's a difference between a second chance. on certain guys and multiple chances, and both the Ranger guys had multiple chances. Josh Hamilton uh over and over and over again uh, had dr- had drug and substance abuse issues. Uh, Matt Bush obviously went to prison and, and served a term for for his hit and run incident um, and both of those guys had multiple problems. Uh, I would say this, the Rangers in both their cases um, and at least maybe they they're a little bit more um, outgoing on this. They put some safeguards in place so that while those guys were members of the organization, uh, they wouldn't necessarily cause, uh, cause great damage. I don't know how much good it did for Josh Hamilton for his long-term career, but the Rangers were able to kind of protect him from, uh, from himself during the, the time he played here. I don't know what the Cowboys' perspective is in terms of the investment into any of these players as people. That's that's the disturbing part for me. That's the question I've got, David, on, on on how they view these guys as 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 players. Because it's not a second chance if you're just giving a guy an opportunity to go out there and try and squeeze the most you can out of the dollar. If it's a second chance, you're trying to do something to to hopefully get this guy back on the right track too
2: so let's let's get an idea here of, of who we're talking about this is a list i kind of came up with off the top of my head and i'm I'm sure there were others but uh it, it all started with uh, jerry jones with charles haley of course uh the great defensive end he acquired from the san francisco 49ers who'd had a lot of trouble there uh and uh and, and as charles has since admitted he's had uh, mental issues that he was dealing with and um And he was no question a great player for the Cowboys and helped them win Super Bowls. Uh, But after that, in no particular order, uh, he's had uh, the likes of Demetrius Underwood, Alonzo Spellman, Greg Hardy, uh, Randy Gregory, uh, who's still with the the organization, obviously, Rolando McClain, Tank Johnson, Pac-Man Jones. uh, And then uh, Terrell Owens uh, is another guy who, who didn't exactly have the issues that some of these others have had. Uh, but certainly was a guy who had been a troublesome player, a guy who created problems in uh, on the in the locker rooms of the teams that he was on, and, and was was a guy who was considered a little bit of a problem. So uh, you know, I I to distinguish here in a little bit of what Evan was talking about. I want to go back to Randy Gregory. Uh, you know. The, the shorthand we use sometimes as reporters is to say these guys have character issues. I don't think that Randy Gregory has any character issues. He has some mental issues that he has talked about, and then yes. he medicates himself with marijuana. To, to me, that's a completely different thing. Randy hasn't hurt anybody else, uh, and and for that there yeah, haven't been really read... abuse charges that we're aware of. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, we we don't know about any of that. Uh, and, uh, and and by all accounts, seems to be a really good guy, uh, and and so. Uh, but but there's no question that it still counts as, as as an organization taking a chance on a guy. You know, this is a, you know, you're taking the chance that he's gonna be available to you for one thing and not gonna be suspended, which of course he's been suspended several times now. But
1: at least in the case of Randy Gregory, he was a draft pick, right? The Cowboys invested in him from from the start. We're talking about I think and I think that's the other issue with these guys that you're talking about, is these are guys who have been in professional locker rooms who have had multiple opportunities in those professional locker rooms, knowing exactly what the stakes are in the NFL and have had criminal uh, issues. I don't put Terrell Owens in that group. I mean, T.O. is – is that's a character issue, right? He's, he's not exactly a uh, – Not a uh, team guy. Not a team guy. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when you're talking about guys who have – the kind of arrest record that you just very dramatically read out, Kevin, and I, I applaud that. That's been the best dramatic reading we've it had. That was really good, on-
2: wasn't it? Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, you no, know, I, I don't want to compare the, the, the guys. You know, this is a guy who's had serious issues. You know, this is, a, this is a, of, of the people on this list, to me, the, really the only guy who compares to Alden Smith is Greg Hardy because we knew about uh, a case of domestic violence involving uh, Greg Hardy, a very, a very violent case of uh, domestic violence, and, and so an egregious form of it. And so we, we have, we, we, we've seen how that worked out with him, right? We saw what kind of guy Greg Hardy was. We saw that he, that he really wasn't that great of a player on the field. We, he was a bad influence on, on players on the team. At on the time. Randy Gregory specifically. Um, from, Randy Gregory. People specifically. Talk to, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about that. A little okay bit, season.
3: Well, th- th- this is one of the unintended consequences I was talking about earlier. And this is not to this is not to say Alden Smith will do this. But I'm just saying when you take these chances, these are things that happen. They knew there were issues with Randy Gregory coming in because he failed his marijuana test at the Combine at the scouting combine. So they knew right. there was an issue here. Uh, they knew there were mental health issues with, with Randy going in. And not, not only do they then take uh, Greg Hardy in that offseason, but they put his locker right next to Randy Gregory, who is a rookie. Now, I've had people on that team tell me that Greg Hardy was a horrible <laughs> influence on on Randy Gregory in his rookie season. And that is not to, that is not to uh, relieve Randy Gregory of any responsibility whatsoever. He chooses who he wants to uh, hang out with. He chooses, in, in some respects, his behavior uh, and, and the patterns he falls into. Uh, you can't continually blame someone else. But here is a, uh, at that point, a Pro Bowl player in the league, one of the better defensive linemen in the league, who had been given a second chance and was saying, look, you can handle all of this. You know, don't worry about that. If you're good enough, uh, you'll be fine. And it, it's that sort of attitude. If you, if you don't do your due diligence, that can be an issue. And like I said, I, I think there are two separate tracks here. I, I think there are some players who are uh, athletes or, that are very genuine uh, about uh, overcoming their uh, addictions. And there are others who are just, um, well, this is my only viable financial outlet now. This is what I'm good at. Uh, what do I need to do to get back to where I can earn again? And those are two very different motivations. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys have worked with these players before. They, they believe they have an infrastructure in place to help. Um, but let, let's not kid ourselves here. I mean, these second chances are big. You know, Alden Smith had more sacks through his first two seasons in the NFL than any player in NFL history since they started recording sacks more than anyone through two seasons. That is why he's back here after not having played in the last four years. That and the fact that he did that under Jim Tom Sula in San Francisco, who is now part of the Cowboys staff. So I think that's the other thing here. Here's someone who has actually worked with Alden Smith who has a relationship with them and can attest to the sort of person he is. Um, but again, how much contact has been between Jim Sula and Alden Smith over the last four years? And, and you, you're, you're still betting on, look, we're making a minimal investment here, and this can pay off big for us. And if it doesn't, we'll move on
2: yeah i think that's the issue that uh, with me in, in uh and in, uh, as far as what jerry's trying to do here and it's what david uh hit on earlier is that Jerry always believes that uh he he likes to talk about the fact i i'm i'm a second chance guy i've i've had nine lives i've i've screwed up and i've come back and done things and I, and i think how much a lot of that
1: the, do you buy how much of that do you buy i
2: i'd buy a little bit of that It's one of the reasons why he you know he and michael irvin have such a great Relationship with each other, and, and he loves Michael. I I I think Michael is his all time favorite player, and, and and Michael had lots of problems. Michael's a very good hearted guy who has gotten himself into a bunch of trouble over the years. And, and I, I think he's got his life all straight now. Now, he always meant well, and he was always a tremendously hard worker. And, and Jerry just loved him for all of that. So I think there is a connection there w- with Jerry and, and, the, and the bad boy kind of thing. You know, I'm a bad boy. I, I, I like to associate with these guys. I like them because I think they need their, their second chances. But what overrules everything with Jerry is, is can I get a good deal on this? You know, is, is this it's just what you had talked about and what David had talked about buying a distressed property, trying to get something out of it? You know, this, this is what, you know, I, I've, I've seen sometimes uh, and, and talked to people about the inner workings with Jerry and, and what he's like in, in trying to get a deal on something. You know, and I've I, told this story before about the time that, that the guy that was the president of Field Turf uh, contacted Jerry when he hit he that astroturf out at Texas Stadium and was like concrete. And that's where, you know, Michael Irvin had probably helped ruin his career uh, or end his career, even though it ended in Philadelphia, actually. But it was not good for his, his players. And, uh, and the president of FieldTurf said, listen, Jerry, I'll put in your turf for, for cost, for $500,000. This is when FieldTurf was brand new, and, and uh, there were only a few people that, that had it. And Jerry told him, without a blink, he said, you'll put it in for free, and I'll let you put a sign up you know, and that's, and that's the way Jerry is. That's the way he does business, you know, and, and everything for him is trying to get it or for as cheap as he can get it. Uh, you know, he likes to play, he'll pay his stars, but if he's going to get a deal on something, he just can't well, resist that. Yeah. Well, except for his quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that, that's the issue here is that it, that Jerry puts aside everything else. Uh, one of the things about this team to me, that and, and David can certainly speak to this a lot better than I can but it seems like a really good locker room. It seems like a locker room full of, of, of good guys where, where Dak Prescott is clearly the leader. Uh, and one of the reasons he's so well liked, he gets around the locker room to everybody on offense and defense. And this is one of the values that he presents to me as a quarterback. If you, you, when I talked to recently and did a poll with, uh, with Babe uh, Loffenberg and Brad Sham and, Gil Brandt, one of the things that they talked about is that when you have a quarterback, He needs to be a real leader he needs to be a guy that everybody in the locker room looks up to well if that's so important with your quarterback why do you want to be bringing guys into a locker room who who could present problems like this you know if 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 all the time you're having to worry is he sober is he is he going to get arrested is there going to be an issue with him you know can we count on him to come out here and be on the field all the time is he going to be at practice you know is he is he going to get suspended i mean those are those are very real issues, and they're already dealing with that somewhat with Randy Gregory, a guy that I'm sure they all like and they are, that everybody's pulling for and everybody wants to do well, and we expect him to be reinstated. Now, of course, that's the other issue here is that Alden Smith still has to be reinstated. I, I, I'm assuming the Cowboys have some inside information that, that gives them the, the indication that they think he will be reinstated or else they wouldn't have done this.
1: What do yeah, you that think, was David? the question I was going to have, David, is like, Given the track record here and given the fact that there was an arrest uh, basically seven months ago, what gives the Cowboys any kind of feel that he's actually going to be made eligible to play this?
3: Well, the, the fact he has been out four years, the fact he has petitioned, the fact that apparently now he's been sober for nine months and has actively worked his program and, um, you know, and again, I don't want to read, look, this is a lifelong journey now in sobriety. And, and this could be a good period for, you know, Alden Smith. And that doesn't mean two months from now, three months from now, three years from now will be. And I think everyone understands that on on some level. But, you know, he, he gave a, a, a pretty emotional and articulate uh, response on Instagram uh, last night about, about this chance and, and how he is is worth this and, and the journey that he's on. And, and um, you know, so I, I think, Pete, look, I, I think everyone uh, in, in all professions and, and just in life are willing to give people second chances if, if they get the sense they are genuinely working on trying to get better and, and to improve. And um, I, I think there's a sense that Alden Smith has, has reached that point to, to me, in some ways, the bigger question is he's been away from the game for four years. I mean, how, how many, even if you're an elite athlete being away for that long, what level do you come back and you're able to perform? And, and two, maybe you're able to perform, but your body's just not able to take it after having been away from four years.
1: And, and that's, but, you know, that's a
3: very contract, real question.
1: Would that contract, it what, it maxes out at $4 million? Yeah,
3: yeah, it's really $2 million. It's basically, it, it's as close as you can get to like a minimum contract for a veteran that's vested as long as he is with uh, you know you can double it with incentives
1: let's boil it down then to the cowboy equation what do they have to get from Alden smith to make that investment a win for them
3: oh oh with that if you look at that price tag i mean five sacks and you could say this is a uh you know they got uh, their return on investment and depending on the number of snaps he plays and uh so but again the 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 two defensive end that they've addressed defensive end twice in free agency one is okay now randy gregory's ready to repetition to come back and two alden smith is petitioning to come back and we can get him too so it you know they've addressed the loss of Robert Quinn with two players who are still suspended by the league.
2: Yeah, this is this is the thing to to, to Evans' question. Yeah, I mean if if he stays healthy and stays on the roster and doesn't you know get himself into any more trouble, uh, well then it's almost a win just for that. It, you know I, I'm not sure exactly what all he can he can provide at this point in his career. You know what we used to talk about going back to Josh Hamilton. Was that first of all? Yes, the Rangers took a chance on Josh Hamilton. He was here for five years. He was an MVP, he was an MVP of the World Series, you know, he, he uh, or not an MVP of the World Series, but he was an MVP and he got it the team to the World Series. They would not have gotten to the World Series without him. You could make the argument in those five years, he's among the greatest Rangers ever, you know. So it just, it, the only thing that keeps him from being, in my mind, to being. From being the the greatest ranger ever, he just didn't play long enough. But uh, but those five years he was tremendous. That's a, that's a long time. Uh, but in the end, the, the feeling about uh, Josh also was that because of his lifestyle, because of the abuses of alcohol and drugs, that it probably uh, it, it sped up the, the the arc of his career a little bit. Sure. And and I and I think that probably in the case of of uh, Alden Sweet, you'd have to ask that question as well. I mean, he clearly he didn't take care of his body in that time by, by doing these kinds of things. He's, n- he's now 30 years old. I mean, there are a lot of players that you could sign that that six and, or seven and eight years ago were the best players in the NFL. A lot of guys that you could yeah. do that with. And and how good would they be now? Well, let's bring up Des Bryant
3: since everyone else brings him up. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Know uh it, it Des hasn't been out of the league as long as as olden smith has and and my argument's been why in the world would you bring des bryant back right now based on where you saw his career at that time the injuries he suffered since then and what his level of performance projected performance would be now uh it, it's same. you know it, it is interesting i will say this because i had that question about randy gregory a couple of years ago because basically he had missed two years of his career in the defensive line, which is a remarkably physical and demanding uh, position. And, you know, I was asking, you know, I was asking some doctors and trainers is, you know, because my assumption was, well, isn't it more difficult to come back in the line than it is maybe say at corner or, or another position where you're out in space. I mean, just the physical and, and they said there really wasn't a good, they didn't know that beyond any anecdotal you know, observations that you could really make any hard and fast empirical evidence that one spot was harder than another. But they did say, you know, that's a long gap. And and what you don't know is, will their their body be fresher in some way and, and compensate for the skills they lost during that? Or will that time away just diminish their skills to the standpoint that they're not as effective? And I will say in the case of Randy Gregory, when he returned, it appeared that he was fresher, that he, that he hadn't taken that pounding. So now Alden Smith hasn't taken a pounding for four years. Uh, he's going to be fresher. He was already a highly skilled athlete before. So, I mean, if you want to look at this from the statistical standpoint and diminishing returns, and this is a guy, what, I think he had 19 and a half sacks in one season.
2: Yeah, uh, second year.
3: Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's uh, eleven to twelve is not out of the question. Certainly, that's that's kind of his baseline in in some ways. So, if you get fifty percent of that player, now you're talking about six sacks and maybe enough quarterback pressures that makes you second or third on the team. Uh, that that's a contributing player, not to the level that he was before. But uh and that's what they're you know, that's what the Cowboys are doing here. And 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 I'm sure, you know, it'll be very interesting. I, I don't know if this movie would have happened if Jim Tom Sula wasn't on the staff. Uh, because Tom Sula knows him, worked with him when he was at his best, and uh could could give a testament to the type of person he was, the player he was, and, and why they believe this could still work. And if you and especially now when you can't bring these people into your facility. I mean, you can talk to them on Zoom, and and, and I get all that. But, um, uh, you know, those testaments are very strong. And, and how often, you know, football is such a bunker mentality compared to the other sports, too. How often do we see players wind up on teams because coaches had them at another stop and really appreciated them and knew what they were all about and wanted them in? Uh, that's like what your- this is, too, yeah.
1: Coaches all feel like they're Joe Exotic, and the players are all tired. Sure. Like they're all gonna. Yeah. All gonna be the ones that can. I talk. can reach
3: them. Yeah, I can get the most, maximize. I have a relationship with them. I can tap into what others haven't. Uh, it, it, there's always an element of that, no question.
1: And this happens in baseball, and it happens in the NBA too. But I mean, that that is the thing: is we all, they, everybody looks more and more at statistical analysis, and at the same time, you look at the percentages of. What are the chances that somebody in this situation is going to be successful? And the the numbers say it's less than a 50-50 proposition. But in that situation, coaches and evaluators are all willing to throw out the numbers and go with their feelings because they, quote, unquote, know a player um, and that that player is going to be the outlier. And I think that more often than not, these guys all end up being wrong. The exception, of course, is you get an MVP season out of Josh Hamilton. You get a 43-home run season out of Josh Hamilton. Those are the, the absolute outliers. Um,
3: and those keep all organizations coming back. Yeah. And, 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 Charles- and again, if the financial equation makes sense, they will find a way to rationalize it and how their culture and their system has a chance to make this work. And if it doesn't work, it's going to do no harm. So why wouldn't we do this? But, but I will say some organizations are more receptive and proactive and, and, and aggressive in finding those players than others. And certainly the Cowboys are one of the more aggressive organizations in, in seeking out players. And, and you know, here, here's the other. We've talked to is like, you know, well, everyone deserves a second chance. That's a little Pollyanna. Not, some people work to get a second chance um now everyone should have a second chance but that doesn't mean that everyone invests the time required to
2: make that second chance work
3: and to me that that's something a little different
2: yeah was, well here, here's the thing uh alden smith got his second chance right i mean you know it, it was when he was in the middle of all that trouble uh and uh he started out with the uh, the Forty Niners, and then after they gave up on him, he got his second chance with with the Raiders. Oakland, yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's the other issue is how many times you, do you get a second chance when you've been arrested this many times, and there have been domestic violence charges, and you know that's and some and I want to say here like one of his arrests, uh, and I read about it, and was and talked about vandalism and all these other things. It was a it was a deal where he was parking a car, he hit a car uh he pulled away he was clearly drunk uh but he wasn't and then he 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 pulled away and so that's that's where the leaving a scene and the vandal the vandalism was him opening a door and hitting another car you know it's it's silly stuff like that uh but but the issue is you know we would just okay we give you that one right there except for all the other ones you got around it you know when you when you've been
1: your point is, it's not second chances at this point. I mean, we're on what what chance would are we technically on with Alden Smith here? Yeah, that
2: that, yeah. that, that that's the situation. You you yeah. you. Randy Gregory's budget. been suspended four times. So right. is that a second chance? Yeah. Right. Got so I, I listen. I'm all for people getting their lives worked out. I don't want people to give up on Alden Smith. I don't want people to give up on Randy Gregory. I don't want people don't give up on any of them. The issue is, should you be giving them this? great opportunity this is what we talk about all the time about getting to play in the NFL this is this is an unbelievable opportunity for you to be able to do something like this should you be afforded that given millions of dollars to to and and to be to stand on the sideline and wear this uniform and to represent the, the, this team and the NFL should you be given the opportunity to do that you've got an opportunity to remake your life and we're all for that but does it does it require that you get the chance to do this Have you really earned this i'd have a lot better feeling about alden smith if the last time he was arrested was 2016 or 2017 he mm-hmm. was arrested last june you know that that's nine months ago and, and and that's that's the issue that really bothers me i don't know how how well jay glazer knows him you know we know who jay glazer is uh, uh he's kind of a uh, but he's a very interesting media person. Uh, he's got a lot of contacts and then lots of different things, his fingers and lots of pies. Uh, and, and f- for some reason, it seems that he was involved in some way in Alden Smith's, uh, you know, rehab and, uh, and speaks very highly of him and says that it's amazing what he's done in his comeback. Well, all right, Jay, when you say that, you're really sticking your neck out. Uh, cause basically you're saying that you're all for him getting this opportunity until something else happens you know uh cuz let's say this when you have all these duis uh here here's the issue with that he was now he was not driving the car where his girlfriend hit a cop car but he's been he's been pulled over because of accidents you know what if he comes here gets drunk gets in the car drives somewhere hits somebody and kills somebody you know then is that on the cowboys for that you know because to me, when you, when you do these kind of things and you put somebody in a position that allows them to come to your market, allows to come to your town, and, and then uh, and you know what this person's history is and what they've done, I, I think you bear some responsibility for those kinds of things. So to me, I, I, I think, okay, if the Cowboys want to do this, they can do this. And if, it, if he works out, then that's all great. But anything that happens uh, inside that locker room that happens in the community, that's on the Cowboys, because they're the ones that gave him the opportunity to do this.
1: No, no doubt about that. And I, I, mean, I just wish at this point that the Cowboys' perspective on this would be, look, Gary likes dollars. He likes business. He likes business terms. He likes dollars and cents. Let's just drop the charade of this is a second chance, because all you are doing is buying a distressed property and hoping to turn it into something more valuable. Let's just call it that. Let's just have him come out there and say, we believe this is an opportunity to capitalize on a distressed property. That's how Jerry treats these opportunities. Let's, let's do it that way. It's not a second chance it, it, at a minimum. It's a, it's a half, a sixth chance for this guy. And, and I think we just should term it what it actually is.
3: And if he won this talent, talented there, there wouldn't have been this many opportunities for him. No. And, and everyone's aware of that too. And, yeah. uh, Jerry has acknowledged that at times before. It's like, well, um, you know, we wouldn't. You know, you have to be a certain level of player for us to uh, take these chances with you. That's just how how it is. And and look, everyone had, everyone should have the right to work. You know, the if they want to work, that doesn't mean you get to work in your chosen profession or at the level uh, that you were before you had your issues. Uh, But in this case, he's getting uh, certainly, I I would say, an unexpected chance. I mean, I I don't think Alden Smith was not even on the radar uh, from anyone I had talked to over the last couple of years as far as returning to the league.
2: Yeah, I I just want to point out here, uh, looking back over this list again of these guys that Jerry's taking a chance on. uh, I remember Alonzo Spellman, who was a really good guy, but had some mental issues. He was bipolar. And uh, was under medication for that. And, and more, more issues behind that. And, and he, he was, yeah, he was, uh,
3: and part of the reason he wound up here was because his time in Chicago ended when he basically, like, came to a standstill with a SWAT team in Chicago.
2: Yeah. A very a very large man as well. Yes, he was. I can't I can't imagine what that must have seemed like to those cops uh when he was in that condition. I was also out at the out at Valley Ranch when Demetrius Underwood was arrested. Uh I, I watched the cops come up and, and and take him out in handcuffs. Uh Demetrius was also I think Demetrius and Alonzo were there at the same time, were they not, David?
3: They may have been briefly uh, for, for a brief period, but Demetrius was very much mental illness. I mean, yeah. he was, I think that was also, I don't remember that arrest, but he was, I remember Irving police, he was arrested at one point for just like standing in the street yelling uh, yeah. in traffic and stopping traffic. I don't know if that but was. has
1: president done you that. you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people
3: yell at traffic. I don't know
2: if they get out and just uh, stand there. Yeah. So yeah, that, well, this is certainly the you know the history, and this is why Jerry has always been compared with Al Davis. That, that that Al Davis was the guy who would do that. You know, back in the day, in the in the '60s and '70s, and then the '80s, and, you know, Al was was taking all the bad boys and 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 uh, guys with who had checkered careers, and, and he was uh, putting them on the field and giving them second chances. And, and of course, we know that 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 Jerry liked Al, that he was, uh, you know, Al was one of his heroes. Um, and I don't think that he would not be insulted by being compared with Al Davis. Uh, well, the, uh, not at all, not at all.
1: No. The only thing I would say about that guys is this Al Davis had a lot of success in the seventies and eighties, right? But as he grew older with the Oakland Raiders and continued to take those chances and sought the ultimate dollar, did he not become a laughingstock throughout the league?
2: Yeah, I don't know if a laughing stock is a term, but, yeah, that was, it, it, it didn't work anymore. You know, Al was clearly out of touch. And, and you know, he was, Al was always a one-man. Listen, Al Davis was a genius. You know, uh, the, the stuff he did, and I, I know people who worked for him and, and the things they told me over the years about him uh, was unbelievable. But the problem with Al was he's a one-man show. And when you're a one man show, it's, it's hard to carry that out. It's hard to have the energy to do that.
1: Not in sports anymore. You can't do it. No, you can't do
2: it. And that's what got Al in the end was that everything was too, you know, uh, incestuous. It was just him and a, and a small, you know, uh, coterie of people who were trying to to put together these teams and the rosters. You just can't do it that way anymore. And that's, that's what got Al in the end. It was just, he outlived all that. Uh, Yeah. And
3: that's And real quick, I know we're not, but to me, that's always been a a major difference that, that, that rebellious streak and that thinking outside of the box, um, you know, Al Davis and Jerry Jones are kindred spirits on that. There is no question whatsoever that that was the basis of their bond. But, Jerry is much more inclusive than Al. Al would attack all of his partners in the league. Jerry would attack them to say, hey, look, now let's all come in together. This is what we're doing. And uh, so, so I think that's why Jerry has had more longevity and has not been as isolated as Al Davis was as his career went along, because Jerry has been about changing an organization from the outside, but then becoming a part of it. Al had no interest in becoming a part of the NFL, really. Yeah, that's true. Well, he he sued the NFL. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Jerry Jerry did too. But now look at that. I mean, he there's there's no one more mainstream NFL than Jerry in a lot of
2: ways.
1: Yeah, I do, Kevin. But we're still friends.
2: Oh well, you know, we we, we I thought we dismissed that lawsuit, didn't we? <laughs> Well anyway, all right, well, I think we've we pretty much covered uh what we we think about this. Let's go around the table here though real quick uh uh and how we feel about the signing uh to me to me this is a thumbs down uh i I just feel like that uh that yes, it's low risk and it's just it's just a one year contract it's not gonna cost you that much money uh My point is is that. I don't think the guy deserves it. I don't think he deserves a second opportunity right now, or a third, or fourth, or eighth, or whatever we're going to call this. Uh, if he had more time, that he had spent sober, I'd feel better about this. But it hasn't even been a year.
1: I'm going to give it a thumbs down too. I, for me, I, I know he hasn't played in a while, but I think thirty years old, you're starting to get, um, you're starting to get older in the NFL, particularly in the defensive line, and. Uh, the fact that you haven't played in some time. You may be fresher, but y- you're also going to be behind uh, behind the eight ball a little bit there. Um, and then when you factor in, obviously, all of the other elements involved here, I, I just think for this to be a real win, uh, you're going to have to get more than the four or five sacks that probably the Cowboys think they could get out of this whole prospect.
3: I would – I mean, I could do the cop out and do the man, the sideways one, um, right. but you know, look, and anyone anyone who's who's struggling to overcome uh, addiction, you should pull for, and you should understand, or at least have some comprehension of how difficult that journey is. And if they reach a point where they can further themselves and distance themselves. From their demons that is that is great and 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 I'm all for this from that standpoint, but we've just seen this before with the cowboys and, and again, I think this is almost more it just comes across at this point of just oh here's the template um you know here is we can get you we can get potentially big returns for relatively little investment at a position we really need it and You know, it's it's a short-term fix at best. And I guess that's what I'm getting at. This is, uh, and I don't want to minimize it from the personal standpoint of Olden Smith because uh, it's significant. But this is a, this is just a, you know, band-aid or this is just a short-term addressing of a crying need the Cowboys have at the moment. And rather than addressing it structurally, through free agency or the draft or, or developing their own players, they're just going out and, and hoping that this guy can help them get through the position for another year or two before they have to address it then, unless they find someone else comparable to Olden Smith just to plug into the position. So just the the, the lack of continuity, I, I would say, I, you know, I, I would go the thumbs down overall, and and that's from an organizational standpoint, not from an Olden Smith uh standpoint
2: yeah i think this all goes back to what we think that jerry thinks of this team this team is close and i'm really close and this is what jerry does when he thinks he's really close he gambles takes chances on things when he thinks that he has a chance to get back to a super super bowl I, i just need this guy to be good for me for one year if i can if he can help me get to where i need to get this year then this is certainly worth it and that's the way jerry thinks all right, everybody. It looks like that's going to do it. Uh, we thank everybody for coming uh, and listening to uh, our, our podcast. Uh, as we said, this might just pop up anytime. anytime big news happens, we're all going to throw down whatever it is that we're doing, and we're going to jump on here to be able to talk about it.
1: That's right. We will go straight from, like, if I'm in the living room, I will <laughs> jump right over here into my office <laughs> to react because... No distance is too far for me to cover in in, in this time of, of being able to react to the news. Yeah. That was good, Evan.
2: <laughs> 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 All right, that's gonna do it. So until next time. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z
2: podcast.
3: Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.